Hello, wherever you are in the world today, welcome to Beyond the Art in our series, The Stories That Carry Us. I'm your host, Craig Beaumont Flynn, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and the Delaware Tribe of Indians. In each episode, we will discuss with various Native American artists, influencers, art leaders, and everyone in between their experiences, the communities they serve, and the translation and interpretation of the Native American art world today. Welcome to Beyond the Art today, and we have as our guest Bobby C. Martin, a Muscogee Creek Nation citizen, printmaker, encaustic painter, visual arts professor, and much, much more. Uh, good morning, Bobby. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm glad to have you on the show. So tell us a little about the story of Bobby C. Martin. <laughs> oh my, well, it's a long, a long rough story but you know, <laughs> it's not that bad i've had a i've had a really blessed life i have to say um started out as a musician i wanted to be a rock star uh up until i was about mid-20s I actually ran a recording studio in tahlequah oklahoma for several years and um recorded some of the original red dirt guys oh, wow. um, back in the day and still play music but uh, at some point along there um decided to swap uh, the starving musician for a starving artist. <laughs> One extreme and, to the uh, other. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, so I sold the recording studio um, and then decided to go back to school, back to university, and went to Northeastern in Tahlequah. <clears throat> Got an undergrad degree and then ended up going, getting my grad degree at University of Arkansas. Um, and then I uh, went immediately to work. And this by then I was in my mid-30s and I still was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And uh, <laughs> Went to work for Gilcrease Museum uh, right out of grad school as their um, a cool title of artist in residence. Um, oh, okay. Which was kind of following the footsteps of like um, Woody Crumbo and AC Blue Eagle and some of those amazing classic names of of native art. But what I was really in it was a was the one person graphic design department, and which mm-hmm. was great. I loved the job, um, and then ended up uh, doing con- continue to do art and. Um, Worked at uh, Gilcrease, then eventually got into teaching, start, taught at Northeastern, and now teaching at John Brown University in Salem Springs. I've been doing that for the past 22 years or so, um, and then continuing to do art. Um, so I've got, I'm in my studio right now, so I've been blessed to be able to have a studio where I can make art and uh, do, do uh, projects uh, in my art career besides the teaching gig is my day gig now, and I'm still doing the art. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great ride, and you know, right now I'm 30 you know, 30 years into an art career, uh, making a living with art. So it's been, it's been amazing. I've been very so what thankful. is your, pers- what is your perspective of being a native American artist? Um, it's a, when I first got into it, you know, back in this was in the early, early nineties, there was a very specific kind of a look you were kind of expected to do like flat right. style, um, with teepees and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, bareback riders on horse, horseback um and which is great i love that flat, that old traditional flat style um that's really kind of some in some people's minds kind of stereotypical for that time but i had no reference point for that that was not mm-hmm. part of I, I grew up in Tahlequah. i wouldn't you know i never rode a horse in my life so it was kind of uh for me it was a searching for what okay what should native art be and so as i've been involved in it i've also seen native art itself sort of evolve 
from kind of what would have been seen as sort of the stereotypical expectations to now it's kind of it's really wide open uh, right. and and the growth of it too i mean you're seeing artists that are getting major shows in major museums that didn't happen you know 30 years ago so just the growth of native art not only in its um in its breadth of, of styles and, and approaches but also the the note the notice that people are taking mm -hmm. of native art now is really i think uh, exciting to see because it's that's that hasn't happened in the same kind of way uh, in the same context that you know from early on you know roadside native american art per se you know there's very right, strict right. parameters now it's mm -hmm. such a wide spectrum of type of uh, art and various mediums being applied and i think for the audience and collector you know uh there's more of a choice more of a story being told instead of just mm -hmm a singular native mark native american uh story you right. know yeah you're exactly right and 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 you're getting to see that work in a lot bigger uh platforms uh, mm -hmm. than you've ever had before you know you, right. like you said major museums are starting to take notice that you know contemporary native artists should be seen and heard um in ways that they haven't been before so that's been that's been super encouraging i mean not, not that they've been ignored totally but i mean it feels like especially over the last you know five ten years that's and even the last couple of years you know with major museums in new york city and other places that are starting to really take notice of contemporary native art so when did you when did it come to you it's like oh i'm an artist <laughs> when did that little light flash in your head mm. well i mean i always knew i i could draw little things that looked like you know everybody was impressed when you right right you know, from your parents to then you're when you go to school and you draw a little stuff and it's like oh your your classmates would say but i really didn't get interested and in even think about making art seriously until my, my dad had ordered these back in the day they had these um correspondence course things you mm -hmm. know I remember. Um, <laughs> yes <laughs> I I remember exactly. three ring binder thing full of all this cartooning uh, uh correspondence lessons and right. he 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 worked with it for a little bit and then he gave up i was probably about nine or ten at the time but i i sort of inherited this book and started drawing and it was like oh, this is cool and then of course you know getting a teenager and then you know the rock star desire hit and suddenly art was didn't mean anything to me anymore and it wasn't really until way into adulthood when i didn't go back to, to school probably in my late 20s that I thought, you know, I would, maybe this art thing is something I could pursue. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know if I could make a living at it or anything like that. It just has turned out that it's, you know, been blessed to be able to do that. But uh, I think it wasn't until much later in adulthood until I re rediscovered, I guess, that I had had this desire and then uh, an ability that God had given me <laughs> to be able to actually do it. And it's, it's been a, it's been a cool, it's been a, a lot of it. It's not about the art for me as much as it's been about sort of the identity and discovery of who I was as a native person. And I've just mm -hmm. been able to explore that through, through making art. And that's been really an, a cool trip, <laughs> an interesting journey. Well, you described yourself as, um, handing your, having your hand in multiple areas of, uh, doing various types of art. What do you feel is your is coming from your soul? What is it painting? Is it printmaking? Is it drawing? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think making generally just mm-hmm. being able to make creating, stuff, creating the creative part of it is is really where where this where it comes from for me from my soul, and from the whatever well that I get to draw from is is this just a creative mm-hmm. um, process and lots of, and then sometimes that creative process takes the form of a of a screen print or an etching or whatever it might be. Sometimes it takes the form of an encaustic painting. Sometimes it takes the form of, I just finished a big um, mural project um, in Tulsa at Council Oak uh, Healthcare Facility. I've seen involved, it. Yeah, thanks. And involved, you know, kind Beautiful. of multiple mediums. Um, mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's, occasionally it's just writing things. I, I write, I write um, uh, here and there, not a lot of stuff, right. but uh, but it's yeah it's i don't know i I don't i guess i don't pin my my creative output on one single thing it just kind of and the teaching i have to say the teaching has been like a huge part of my creative um blessing or what what did you say the 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 identity the soul yeah the soul yeah the soul of the of just being able to share what i've learned with other people especially young people college students and to see their creative journey just kind of energizes me and that's probably one of the mm-hmm. reasons i'm still doing that after all these years and it's there's there's still something very energizing about uh teaching others and watching them discover their way correct i think you're energized and it's a collective so you're actually learning you might be mm-hmm. teaching but you're also learning from new exactly. and inspiring artists and they're yep. bringing new methods to you mm-hmm. uh, which i think is very uh significant talk about council oak because i i have seen that piece what inspired you for that piece were you directed or was it something you just saw the the blank wall and you had an idea that kind of came to well the it was directed in a sense that they wanted the 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 commission was tell we want to tell the story or at least um show the history of council oak the actual tree that is you know right. down the downtown that is mm-hmm. um, basically the founding of tulsa um and so that was my that was my guidance was you know we want to do something that talks about and, and, if, and, and as i was thinking about i'm sure as you know as you as you think about any kind of um, sort of a specific place there's a lot of history that goes along with that and so mm-hmm. But for me, it was like exploring what is that history. I knew I knew about the oak tree and I knew the significance of it, but I didn't know as much of the history of, of where it came from, like the tribal town that came out of Alabama and brought the the, the council the, the ashes from their council fire and then rekindled it under this tree. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then that's where. And so, if you if you think about that, that that's yes, it's the founding of. Tulsa, but it's also about the history of the of the Muscogee tribe itself, the resilience that's involved with that, the um, this, the, the blossoming <laughs> uh, of of the tribe, even through all the you know the bad stuff, all the all the, the hardships, um, and then it also I always say encompasses the history of Tulsa and the history of, of Oklahoma, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know? um, Very true. So all this all this was wrapped up into this story of Council <laughs> Oak. Kind of a lot to say in a painting. A lot to say. I mean, I you know, I had. I, I think there was an end up a total of like twenty six or twenty seven panels all together in that in that mural. It's not really. It is a mural, but it's more like a site specific installation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that hopefully is telling the story of of a people 
you know, of the Muscogee tribe that, that starts, for, at least for this piece, it starts at, at forced removal in Alabama and Georgia and then ends up um, under this amazing oak tree that still stands. And so, yeah, that was, that was a really cool process. And it was, um, wasn't just me either. I had a, a great team. Mm-hmm. I had a, a friend of mine who did a lot of the, helped me do, do the research. And I was, it was the first, first uh, project I've ever been able to be a large enough project that I could hire studio assistants. So it was like, Hey, I'm a real artist now. I got to get studio <laughs> assistants. And they helped me a ton. It was a lot of my, J, several of my JBU students helped. And so I get to give them a lot of credit uh, for kind of collaborating. And then the folks at Council Oak were just really supportive and really um, gave me the, this, the, the lead to go, you know, do it. Here's our basic idea. You do whatever you want to with that. Mm-hmm. And that was really freeing and, and, and kind of just a, an amazing opportunity, I think. So what inspires you in creating pieces and what is that process to get it from your head to hand to actual end product? I think a lot of the inspiration, at least for me over the past 30 years of doing this, has come from family. Um, a lot of my work, not all of it, but a good chunk of it, and that's kind of how I've become known now, is using old family photos in my work. And I think initially I didn't really think about it other than they were really cool old photos. But as I've <laughs> Over the years, you know, as I've shown them, because when I first did it, I thought, well, you know, in a couple of years, this is a, it's kind of fun to use these old photos, but, you know, I'll run out of photos after a bit and I will move on to something else. But now here I am almost 30 years later, I'm still using these same photos and I keep going back to that well, I think, because there's something so, well, for me, obviously it's very, it is very soul fulfilling uh, mm-hmm. because it's my family. But as I've, right. over the years, I've found that these people they're not just my family, they're anybody's family. And as I put them out there in whatever form, whether it's a painting or a print or whatever, and as I talk to people and show this work, um, it, it's an opportunity to talk about not only my own identity, but their own identity and family and their experiences. I don't know how many times people have said, well, that reminds me, that looks just like my aunt or my grandma or whoever. And that gets that conversation started about this commonality, I guess we all have as as humans, but as just people that have a family story and a history. And for me, I think that's, that's been really f- amazing and fulfilling that I've, I can't get away from it. So I am continuing to use these same images and, 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 and every once in a while, pretty regularly, actually, when I get together with, with relatives and cousins and stuff, they'll pull out some more f- images that I haven't seen before. And it's like, get there. here's more source material to work with. But I think that that's, I guess it's it kind of boils down to identity, maybe as much as anything. Is I've been really, you know, initially searching for who I was, a, who I was as a as a not just a native artist, maybe just as a as a native person mm-hmm. generally. Because I mean, I didn't grow up in any kind of traditional household or anything like that. Um, so I think, yeah, the the identity thing has then grown into something that's become a bigger story for me as I as I show it and talk about it to, to a little uh, bit more, uh, self-reflection of your own yeah. DNA. Yeah. Self-reflection initially, but I think it's become something bigger than that. Now it's come become something that I, I, I hope anyway, that a lot of people be, 
creates self-reflection in them too when they're mm-hmm. saying this work. And, and as I talk to people, that's been that's been the case. And I, that's why I guess I think that's why I continue to, to sort of uh, go th- pull from this well so frequently because it's just it's just that I'm I don't know it's it's very very fulfilling um, to be able to use my own imagery of my own family in ways that can um, you know maybe minister or help other people right, I mean, right. because right now like this big painting i don't know if you when you were in and saw the saw the council oak thing the the lady that's the big painting that's behind the counter when you first go in yes, yes. that's my mom so oh, okay all so right that painting you know i didn't when i painted that I had no idea where it was going to end up or anything right and, uh, and the, the title of it's called but you don't look indian uh, which <laughs> i've heard you know, quite a bit over the years, especially at native art markets where you, you know, you, there was a certain expectation of what exactly and what you look like. Right. That stereotype. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but just to know that she's, she's in there w- welcoming people in this place of healing and they want to know about what, who is that? And what, you know, what does that mean? What is that painting? And what's all this about? So th- those kind of things, just being able to use my own family and family photos in ways that can, I don't know, hopefully uh, help people or at least in, that people can identify with. It's mm-hmm. really been a, been a great thing for, for me. So when you take that photo or have that idea that you're going to use a particular photograph of your family or others, what's your process in creating the, the painting or the piece of art that you're focusing on from that image? Um, it, it really kind of depends on, uh, I usually, I have a whole bunch of this, all these old photos scanned mm-hmm. <laughs> and it usually starts in the computer, which is, you know, I kind of like the fact that a lot of my designing and stuff is starts with a digital file and plays around and get put in Photoshop and do all these layers and stuff to it. Cause really that's what, um, that's what I've always liked in creating art is, is this layering of things. And so that's mm-hmm. why a lot of my work, there's, there's other material kind of layered in the backgrounds like maps and words and Dawes roll names and all this sort of history maybe that, that is mixed in with the, the photos. And so I love to create this, this these layering, whether it's layering, mm-hmm. physically layering, um, that's when I first discovered Photoshop and layers. It was like, oh, this is super cool. I could actually layer layer things and, and have things show through to other things below. And that was like, right. I could tell multiple stories in the same piece of art. But I never was really pleased with, I mean, really, you know, all you can do is like print it out on a piece of paper. I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, computer prints and G-clay prints and all that stuff, that's awesome. But it's, it's still just ink on paper printed by a machine. I was Correct. really wanting to... I was really want to find a way to layer things by hand, you know, as a, especially kind of trained in grad school as a printmaker. So yeah, when I take the process is usually I'll take these digital images and play around with them, move them around and layer things in them and then figure out, okay, now how do I take all this, this these digital layers and make them real, make them physical. And a lot of times that's where the encaustic stuff comes in, the wax layers. Correct. Because I can, I can take this material and physically layer things i can collage actual pieces of you know paper or old maps or whatever i can paint into it i can scratch mm-hmm. into it There's, and I, I must build in this layer cake of, of of information and imagery 
Right. I guess for me, it is it is about layering and, and then in caustic too. The wax, it's it's just basically beeswax mixed with a resin that kind of keeps it from get, getting too brittle, and mm-hmm. it creates this automatic sort of um, feeling of of time <laughs> as you layer it on there. So each layer you put down, it feels like you're adding another you know, 50 years or something. Right. Another element and building and building upon it. it, Yeah. It becomes this really cool way of of creating this built up. um, Kind of depth, I I guess you could say. There's there's an actual depth, but it looks, even when you see it, even though it's, you know, it's really physically, it's not very deep, but it feels like it's a lot deeper Mm -hmm. than it really is. So I I really, and I do that a lot with, even with printmaking and things too. There's something about that. And I love 2D work. I've never really thought too much about doing three-dimensional stuff although i have dabbled with that but i, I really like that that's sort of the depth that you get even just in a painting or a or a print on a wall right you can, you can work it like that so i guess that's part of my process is trying to figure out how to create this this sense of and depth could be depth that's created through because i like the idea of being able to have an image have a photo of say my mom or or some old family member but have all this other stuff going on around it or in around it or in the background uh, so there's a lot of stories that are going on yeah you could look at it and just say oh well that's a cool that looks that looks like my grandma but right. if you look a little <laughs> deeper you can see other things going on in the layers around that image too so that's that's, fantastic. that's, that's part of the process i think is just and, and that that came over time too first initially it was mm-hmm. just these are cool old photos my my mom and some of her, you know, my aunties, her, her sisters took a bunch of these great pictures and they were just snapshots, but they were so well, they're so cool. They were so well um, um, cropped and, and right. they, they, were like, they were good for photographers. Oh. So in that sense, I guess I'm collaborating with them. They never knew that when they were taking the photos, but now here I am, you know, 50 years, 50 plus years later as a collaborator with, with, my family that took the photos right is, right you know, which to me is another kind of a layer of 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 something that i like to think about is you know that they they have they're providing me with the means to be able to to, to do create art- your artwork yeah. yeah i mean early on uh, photography in its essence was really an art form uh it was more of a capturing a moment Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's progressed, obviously, to an art form. And it's kind of interesting that you're taking something that was just capturing that moment and kind of translating and reinterpreting it into uh, an art piece, per se, yeah. which I think is very distinctive of what maybe defines you and your work a little bit more clearly. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's kind of been one I've become known for um, is those old family photos. I mean, I've done other things, too, but um, mm-hmm. I just always can kind of continue to come back to that those great images of a family you know so what do you have uh, uh an artistic influencer influencer yeah do you think it's your your students that, that you teach are they your influencers or is it from your surroundings um besides the fact of old photographs and things like that is there other avenues that influence your artwork? I think you're right. I think my students, I don't think they influence the, the style of the art. They do influence my, just the create, keeping those creative juices flowing. Um, <laughs> you know, because I have to, you know, keep up with them. 
So this, right. but just being around that sort of creative interplay and creative, those creative forces really just kind of keep you creative. I think mm-hmm. if I was just sitting in my studio all day, I'd probably get less done because I'm <laughs> naturally sort of lazy anyway. So I'd probably it's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't have anything going on right now, but I might get to it later. But I think being around, you know, these young people that are they're just craving to be, you know, figure out ways to get get their ideas down. Correct. And make, correct. Makes you really kind of kind of charges you up too. And you know, I've, I'm I'm blessed to have a some things that keeps me kind of going and wanting to produce stuff is just having a, having a, a place like the studio here to be able to mm-hmm. create in, you know, I didn't for many years, I didn't have that. And a lot of artists don't have that, that, right. They, you know, that dedicated space that they can call their studio. And I think that's a huge, for me, that's a huge part of being able to, and maybe it's, it comes back a little bit to that identity thing too. Yeah. Okay. I'm a studio. I'm an artist. I need to, you know, there, there's, I have a responsibility. You got to produce. <laughs> produce. Yeah. And then, you know, and then um, just like, you know, and some of it is just the natural um, ebb and flow of, of an artist's life anyway, uh, which means, mm-hmm. you know, deadlines drive you <laughs> to be creative. So right now I'm, I'm frantically trying to get some stuff done for the Muskogee art market that starts this um, Saturday or Friday. Actually, I got to turn in the work for, for it by Friday. So, yeah. So those kind of things from, for a lot of artists like myself, push you you to stay creative and stay producing. So, yeah. Um, But I think a lot of what, what really besides the family photos, I've been, you know, we've been, we've got a little piece of property out here in the middle of nowhere, Adair County. That's just, it really feels um, very, feels it feels i don't know i just i just i draw some kind of mm, creative energy just from being home you know mm-hmm. that makes place. sense yeah of course yeah. do you feel that you take challenges and risk with your artwork or does your students push you to take challenges <laughs> or risk um sometimes yeah yeah you know, they, i mean I, I don't know that yeah i think just I, you know, what I think it is, is I push them to take challenges and risks. And if I, and then it's like, well, if you're going to push them, then why aren't you pushing yeah. yourself? Kind of thing, you know? Um, so yeah, I, you know, I probably, that's a good question though. Cause I feel like, you know, well, I've done, I've been doing basically the same sort of thing for a lot of years. Why didn't I branch out? And I have branched out. Mm-hmm. I've got some other little, you know, other not little things, but things like I've got my, you know, I've got Clyde here. In fact, he's 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 watching over me now as we. <laughs> but he's, he showed up in a lot of different. He shows up. He was in the mural at the Council Oak. So he's so he's kind of a diversion away from the purely the family photo stuff. But um, I don't know. I've been. I guess I've been blessed enough to been able to do kind of the whatever I want. And I think part of that's maybe. I mean, people would say, well, yeah, you've got the. You know, I've got the teaching gig that I don't have mm-hmm. to do the same kind of art to make sure I have sales all the time. So that's been, that's been a great uh, positive for me uh, that I could kind of make the art I wanted to make. And I guess I kind of have, I mean, I guess maybe I haven't, I mean, you think about some artists that just kind of go try all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been kind of happy plying my, my, and, but I guess, you know, it's it's been a constant sort of identity search. And I guess if nothing else, I've continued to add things 
from whatever I've learned over the years that have then shown up in the work. Right, right. No, that makes sense. I mean, I asked what inspires you, but what motivates you to create? Hmm. I don't know. That's. I mean, for the for me, I guess, especially lately, it's just the the love of being able to continue to do it. You know, I mean, it feels like now, you know, thirty years in, I'm just feel like I'm just now getting where I could get some really interesting projects well like the mural but all these some other things that i've been working on that Mm -hmm. um a studio i mean i've only had a a full full full-on dedicated studio for the last maybe maybe 10 years or less you know out of those 30 so i think just i guess i guess what keeps me going is is i still enjoy i still love doing it and i'm actually you know now that i'm I'm really close to retiring i'm going to probably retire in a year and a half or so two years god willing um then i'm going to really try and kick in full full on with the art um which i've never really done i mean i've made i made enough to make a living with but Mm -hmm. not where you just say okay i'm going to be an artist that's all i'm going to do you know right Uh, right I'm sure I'll miss the teaching and I'm probably still going to, in fact, we're just building, getting ready to build a, a bigger studio out back here um, that I'm going to be doing workshops and things. Cause I probably won't be able to ever get away from the sort of the teaching, the, the desire to sort of show people stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Share, share stuff. So I'll probably continue to do that. But I think, I don't know. I think it's just been, I've been, I mean, I can't think of anything cooler than being able to, you know, just do your art, your craft. It's a place to make art and then go show it. And people, you know, sometimes will actually spend their own money on it and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, thankfully, I don't have to rely on the sales. Right. I have some friends that do. I don't have to rely on that. So that kind of gives me that freedom to be able to kind of pick and choose and do the things that I really want to be doing. So I know some artists have milestones or goals they want to set throughout their career, their artistic career. Do you have any milestones or goals that you've achieved so far or still are on the plate in the horizon? I have, <clears throat> I've always been a go with the flow kind of person, I yeah. guess. Maybe a lot of artists are probably like, I mean, a lot of people are like that. Um, Take each day never, as it comes. Yeah, I haven't been a goal setter, although some of the things I've been able to do have been, I mean, I've worked toward them. One of the things that I've got to do that I kind of had wanted to do for a long time was um, curate shows. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to curate some some traveling exhibitions that have that have toured around the country. And that was, thing, that was something I really didn't expect to do. But uh, as I've got the opportunity, it's sort of like, oh, okay, this seems like a path that that I want to try and go down. Um, right. whether, whether it was a goal I set, I'm not sure. It's just kind of one of those, like you said, one of those things that sort of whatever crosses your path or whatever whatever your hands find to do. You know, um, you know, I would a goal for me at this stage in my life right now would be, you know, as I as I kind of move into this hopefully more of a full time artist retirement gig, <laughs> um, be, be able to to share the studio space that I have with other people that want to. To, to learn about printmaking or, or whatever um, I can share with them. So I guess the goal would be to continue to make, continue to make art, continue to make, um, get opportunities to show and um, 
projects I would love. And, and I haven't set this as a goal because it feels like every time I set a goal, it's like, nah, that, I'm still going to do the go with the flow thing. But I, right. a goal would be, if I want to call it a goal, and I, I, would lo- I would love to be able to do, continue to do more um, of these like public art, these large scale projects, because that was really mm-hmm. fun. It was really fun. To me, it was fun to be able to give, bring other people in because a lot of times, a lot of us artists, we just kind of sit around and do our thing by ourselves in a corner. Correct. So, You're working in a silo and very focused to right. so what's this coming great, from you. Exactly. So this is this is a great opportunity to you know I, to to be be in a, in a collaborative environment. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 I've got the ideas and the designs and stuff, but I'm still uh, have this team. You know, I, I love the team. I've always enjoyed. I've always thought. You know, I'm thinking like um, Dale Chihuly. You know, the glass guy. Mm-hmm. Any of those glass stuff where it takes a huge team of people just to get Correct. these projects done. I really, I've always thought that would be cool to be able to do more of that kind of stuff. And this, this mural was really the kind of the first time I did given the opportunity to do that. And I would that would be cool to. I don't know if I'd call that a goal, but it would be something to be cool to All continue. Right. No. So do you think that collaborative um, process expanded the, the creative process for you? Yeah, it really did. Yeah, it really did. I, I think because you've got more brains coming into the picture, <laughs> right? And, you know, sure. uh, even even the non-artists that were, I mean, like, like a good friend of mine who's a historian, a researcher, helped me with the thinking of ideas and thinking of different things to include or even think about the way the mural was put together in, in ways that I wouldn't have thought about because I'm not mm-hmm. a historian. You know, I know a little bit of that history, but, but, you know, bringing in those different ideas and those different voices to me, yes, was definitely a boon to my creativity and it made the project project a lot better, I think, because you did have that. And then the kids that helped had their own, you know, their own little stylistic things they would add in there right. um, that, that were just something that I wouldn't have been able or even thought of doing otherwise. That's very cool. A lot of minds, a lot of working creative minds coming together, I think mm-hmm. produces a end result that's unexpected. Yeah. What are some of the pieces that you're really surprised got the attention that it got? Meaning over my career? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or pieces that you thought were going to get a response and didn't? Oh, <laughs> it's probably a lot more of those. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know. It's as I've done it over the years, it feels like the things that, and I'm thinking mostly about, you know, things you really sort of invest in. You think, oh, this is, this is a great idea. This is, you know, this is going to go over big or it's going to win right. this award or whatever. You're really making a statement. Yeah. Really making a statement. It's, like, it's like crickets, you know, so that's, <laughs> that happens. But then um, sometimes it, they, you know, people do get it and understand like the, like the one of my mom, the, but you don't look mm-hmm. in that painting. You know, when I did that, it was like, I wanted to make a big statement. I wanted to make it like a big, basically a big self-portrait, even though it's my right. mom. You know, it was really in, it, all this, all this identity stuff is embedded all in the painting, and it showed a couple of places. And, and but you know, I didn't. It, it's it's kind of interesting about art, anyway. Any, and maybe it's maybe songwriting is similar. That um, that once you do it and and it's done, you don't really have any control over it anymore mm-hmm. it's out there and i found right. that i found <laughs> that I've, I've been able to i think give that up those expectations up that if i get it if i do it and i'm happy with the way it's turned out i'm okay with what the reception is 
And thankfully, a lot of times the reception's been okay, been good. It's been, you know, being collected by a museum or put into a collection somewhere or, or in the case of this painting at, at Council Oak, you know, that's there for people that come in and enjoy that probably would never go into a museum or whatever, you know, it's, right. it's one of those situations where that piece specifically has probably had more impact than anything I could have ever sort of expected for it, you know? So, yeah, I think there's, to me, the, the artworks are, are like, you know, sort of like your kids, right? You, you do them, you, you raise them best you can and send them out in the world. And then you know, right. what happens, happens. <laughs> go out. Yeah, go out and do whatever. You know? Live your life. Yeah, you can't say, oh, well, I think you should put it here or this room or they'd hang it this way. You know, they, they yeah, have a life right. on their own and they, yeah. they're and set forth okay. and be free. Yeah, I think that's probably the way it should be. You know, I, I, I don't think you can control your... Well, you, you can't. I know you can't control the art itself, but and, and you can't really control the pe- people's reaction to it either. I mean, you can you can hope there's a certain reaction, but you never right. really right. know. You know, I've listened to curators talk about my work, and it's when it's in different shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's and what they and I think this is you know everybody has their own, and maybe that's what's great about art. You know, they, everybody sort of sees an art piece and they have their own sort of reaction to it or, or interpretation or whatever i mean that's that's cool i'm okay with, i'm okay with that <laughs> um you know you hope that you don't people don't totally misread stuff and thankfully you know i haven't had that happen really too right, often right but but at some point you you don't control it you know you make it put it out there and then hopefully somebody <laughs> enjoys it enough to keep let let you do more of it you know <laughs> correct correct so besides the uh, photographs what else is the story that you're telling in your artwork what comes from you and is there an ongoing theme that you're trying to relay that's a a definitive bobby c martin piece of artwork well i have you know i've I have realized that the, the art I make a lot of times is therapeutic for me because it is about my family and my family story and the, and the history that's not just specifically my family, but even even broader tribal history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's part of why I'm really continue to do because the family photos are very personal, obviously, but they're also not just mine correct you know i've had people say you're selling you're selling a painting of your mom and that weird (laughs) like well maybe but it's not just my mom it could be anybody's mom so so i think i don't know for me the the telling my story in some ways has been therapeutic and 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 it's turned out that it's been helpful or at least other people have identified with that and be able to and connect. Uh, connect, yes. Connect's a good way to put that. Connect with that. And and that's been really satisfying. And probably when I first started using these old photos, I never would have even thought of that. It's just sort of organically grown into that. Um, and then just um, being able to, to me, you know, making, making art is sort of a form of, in some ways a form of worship for me personally too you know it's kind of it's very spiritual i think 
um, whether that shows at the on the receiving end. I, I don't know for sure. Although I have talked, I mean, I've, we've actually done a couple. We've done one show in particular with a couple of friends of mine that um, called Altars of Reconciliation, where we did put together a show that was about our experiences as as Native Americans, but also as Christians growing up in you know, in a, like I kind of come from a, a Indian Baptist background. That's right. my. Um, so that, you know, part of that is just kind of wrapped up in, but it, but it really comes down for me to, it's just really, it's fulfilling to make the art and to be able to mm -hmm. put it out there and other people enjoy it has just been like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy that that can even happen. Do you feel that it's put you more in touch into your Native American roots and heritage? In... Yeah, and in my of course, my Native American roots and heritage are more into the Christianity and the and in the Indian Church. Mm -hmm. In 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 a sense, that's my tradition and heritage versus not. I wouldn't say versus. That's a bad way to say that. But um, well, I guess that's not a bad way to say because I mean there is that sort of um, tension a lot of times between mm -hmm. traditional. Um, stomp dances and things like that in the in the and then and then in the church so right. there there is that kind of a uh, maybe a, a tension that's that's part of that whole when you talk about tradition you know what is what tradition and for me yeah it's it's really connected me a lot with with a church tradition but also with just through history through the history and through all the uh just knowing that the people in these photos are just some of them are only a couple of generations removed from being forced to to leave their homelands. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's not a it's not like some ancient story. I mean, right, right. Pretty, it's not that it's still long fairly ago. recent. Yeah, given some the timeline of that stuff is still playing out in our political landscape today. So true. So all that, yeah, all that is played into this. Um, getting a deeper understanding of who I am as a native person and where I came from and whose shoulders I'm standing on to be able mm -hmm. to do the things I get to do. Um, yeah. So, so the, the art has played a huge part in that. Do you feel that um, native American art is playing a, a big enough role in society, both on the national scale and overall global scale now? because of the resurgence and the continued build of the renaissance of a native American art. And that's not just a roadside shop selling native American art that there's more, more and more, uh, national artists coming on board onto the scene. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, there's never enough. <laughs> yeah. True. But, but I think there isn't, there's certainly more of a, a bigger stage you know a lot of a lot of my friends that and especially younger i mean i'm I super happy to see there's i've got um i've got several friends that, that one one just got through being able to be featured at the whitney museum in a show and um that are curating big shows go to major mm -hmm. museums so those are those are all pretty new things it's, it's only been happening in the past few years where there have been suddenly these these national and international um, venues that are available to not right, just native yeah. artists but native curators native art historians 
so that's encouraging um hopefully it's not just a you know sort of a you know a fad of the moment that it's something right. that but i think i think for me anyway as i've seen it people are, are noticing and you know when they get when 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 we've been given the opportunity it's like people say oh i've never seen this before this is amazing i've never where has this been you know it's been mm-hmm. out here in oklahoma the whole time you know right right um, but for people in other parts of the country and the world to see this it's a, it's it's a new thing and it is i hope something that continues to grow mm-hmm. um, if nothing else at least be, be be given a a um a good chunk of 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 time at the table you know because right. that's that's even a new thing just to be able to be at the table talking about and and, and being in the same conversation um is, is is a pretty new development, you know. Correct. Well, like you said, it, it's not a new factor. It's been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think the recognition has just expanded, and the exposure yeah. and the level of recognition has a, you know, when we're on a national platform of seeing mm-hmm. artists in major museums, right, uh, and exhibits, and being part of that story of the art culture. We're not mm-hmm. just a niche anymore. We're actually yeah a fortified art culture. So I think that's an important factor yep, that's right kind of right. helped, helped mm-hmm. you and uh, many others that have kind of uh, paved the waf- paved a, a wave in the path for the next generation. I hope so. You know, I hope so that, that, you know, the folks that come after me have a lot more opportunities. I mean, that's something that you always hope that, you know, you can, knock some doors open or, or, right, or create right. some opportunities that, that, that folks, you know, cause I, you know, my wife tells me this all the time and reminds me, and I, I know it's true, but you know, we do all stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. So right. somebody has got to be able to be willing and, and, uh, and whatever little part I played, I'm thankful for, but just to be able to see folks have that opportunity that come after me. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. It's cool to think that those opportunities are, are, continuing to, to grow they're continuing to grow and i think it also helps continue developing the story you know mm-hmm. the story didn't end with first contact or removal our story is continuing it, exactly. it's continuing to grow and it's going to go for generations and generations more obviously yep. but uh yep. with you and your generation and the next generation i think our art our culture and our heritage will just keep moving forward as it should as it should, and as it always has. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and some people just don't understand that. It's like, oh, you know, you ended. It's like, no, we're we're still here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're still creating. And, you know, and that's really kind of what the story I want to tell with that that Council Oak mural too is. You know, resilience, yes, but not just not just resilience. Resilience sometimes, yeah, you sur- is survive, but survive mm-hmm. is not the same as blossoming or thriving. And I think right. a lot of our tribal tribes have done that you know going from this this you know horrific experience to a place where they are not only just you know they just they didn't just make it they just didn't right. just drag themselves in they're they're thriving and helping their their people you know and and that comes with standing on the shoulders of people that, that mm-hmm. or and that's why I wanted on this, you know, on the mural, it started with 
and I, I want I want to title this. And I haven't. It's not official yet, but I'll, I'll, this will be the first place I can. And the title I think is going to call Unbroken. Kind of unbroken, the Council Oak story or something like that. So I can and, see and that. I haven't I get it. Yet, but I'm going to put some QR codes. I'm going to embed some QR codes in in those panels that people mm-hmm. can then kind of find out more about not just the history of the the Council Oak, but the history of the tribe and how it how it that history. The, the story arc of that ends up with, and under the tree, I've got all these little silhouettes, and those are multiple generations of my family, but it's just, mm-hmm. it could be any of our families. Correct, that just, correct. That just, that just talks about how, how these generations make us who we are. Correct. Absolutely. Like you said, yeah, the, the Council Oak wasn't the, the beginning of the story. There was a story before that. Mm-hmm. And it was part of that story as it continued forward. Right. You mentioned um, Muskogee uh, market coming up. Mm-hmm. So do you do the whole market circuit? I, I pick and choose. <laughs> I I do. Um, it takes a lot. It's a, it's a it lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about, my wife and I have talked about maybe getting on that a little more once I retire. I, I really like I mean, I don't think I could do a, a market circuit like, you know, it's like some of these, some of the friends of mine who, who do, you know, lots and lots, especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I, I do Muskogee Art Market now that it's, this is its second year, so I'm going to, it'll be a regular for me. I do Santa Fe Indian Market. I've been doing that for about 10 years. I do Cherokee Art Market at, at the Hard Rock Casino in October. Mm-hmm. And um, I typically, sometimes, I, you know, the Chickasaws have a couple of good, markets that I've, I do occasionally, but usually three or four a year is, and that's, I really do. I like, I like this, the, the opportunity to visit with people, you know, mm-hmm. and here, here, there, what they say about, you know, their reaction to the art and their own, their own stories, you know, that, that come out. Cause I, that's, that's, that's fun for me to hear their family stories mm-hmm. um, uh, that maybe has been jogged in their memory from seeing something that mm-hmm. I've, put out there you know so but yeah i i like the markets i don't know that i'd ever be a a full-time market marketer <laughs> but, uh, but well, i do enjoy I, enjoy the ones that i do i think it's a good it's a good aspect for the artist to connect to the audience where you mm-hmm. don't get it if you're doing an exhibit or in a showroom yeah. or other type of venue so it's a good way to like you said to hear their story and hear their mm-hmm. interpretation and translation of your pieces yeah. And other things, so it's uh, I think it's a good way to uh, get exposure, obviously, but also yeah. connect to the outside world. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that's that's perfectly. I love I love just talking to people because they, they were really interested in in you and your art too. Mm-hmm. I try to tell it to my students, you know, because that's something that they're they usually have never had a chance to do is like talk about their own art and and talk about this, you know their ideas so much. Right, so, right. And it's a, it's a big deal because people want to know. You know, people are very yeah. interested in, in hearing about you know, how you come up with your ideas or what this means in your art. And those kind of, you know, those kind of things are really, like you said, they're, they're, those markets give you that opportunity to have that those one-on-one conversations that, that are, you don't have if you, if you right. ship a work off to a, a museum <laughs> show somewhere and you never have any idea who even sees it, much less talk to them. Well, I mean, that was one of the reasons for the development of this show is connecting to artists to hear their stories, to understand them as artists. Um, 
to kind of give them the exposure, obviously, but to hear the various factors of Native American art and artists and what yeah. drives them. So, well, that's great. Well, I appreciate you doing that. Oh, our, our pleasure. So, are you represented anywhere, exhibits currently? Um, let's see. I have work in the Exhibit C Gallery in Oklahoma City. That is um, the Chickasaw Nation operates that. I have a gallery in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that carries my work. Art Ventures is the name of it. Um, then I have a traveling show that alters a reconciliation show that I mentioned with um, Aaron Shaw and um, Tony Tiger. And mm -hmm. that's traveling for the next couple of years around the country. Um, and uh, it's at the um, the Knights of Columbus Museum right now, which I didn't know there was ever such a thing. But <laughs> all <come> right. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's so so that's going to be traveling around for for a while. And um, what else? There's a show coming up at Living Arts in June that I'm going to have some work in. It's called Beyond the Whitewash. It's a, one of the Tulsa Artist Fellows. Putting a show, kind of a collaborative show together, talking about uh -huh. her, she, her experience as a as a deep South white woman, um, trying to collaborate with all these people of color and talk about well issues of you know of racism and how and and, and systemic uh, you know well I, I don't I'm not going to speak for her because I'm just I mean, she's it's a cool <laughs> idea it's a cool idea she's right. trying to she's trying to um, I don't know, not not calm her conscience or anything. But I think she really does want to try and give a, give voice to not only sort of her her, her sort of deep South white heritage and heritage mm -hmm. and how, how especially in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Interesting. how those voices can be respond to that. And so I'm going to put a couple of pieces in that. So, um, yeah, and then of course this weekend we got a booth. <laughs> selling your goods you know, yep. selling the goods. but yeah it is a good chance i mean i last year I had a really good good turnout and i got to talk to a lot of a lot of creek people you know a lot of creek people even it's kind of like you know even even though i've i've lived here most of my life mostly been in Tahlequah, but i've i've mostly shown my work outside the area so a lot of people a lot of my my muskogee uh cousins <laughs> never mm -hmm. seen the work so it was cool to be able to kind of be you know be in in the heartland, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bobby C, any closing words of wisdom? Hmm. Words of wisdom. Well, what do you tell your flow? students? Go with the flow. Um, I tell my students to, um, get to work, <laughs> get, to work. Yeah, exactly. get this work done. But I mean, that's a good point. I mean, keep working. I, I have a, I love a quote. It's by, it's by an artist that I, I've admired for a long time. His name's Chuck Close. He was big in the '60s and '70s. He did these ginormous portraits uh, of of Polaroid pictures, and that's maybe part of where I got my idea. But anyway, his famous quote is, uh, "Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just get to work." Interesting. And so you know you can't wait around for this you know this bolt of lightning. Yeah. To hit. You just you gotta work. You know the inspiration will hit you wherever as long as you continue to work. You know so mm -hmm. that's that's maybe that's my words of wisdom. Just do the work. Do the work. Yeah, the it's a good one. Will come. Inspiration will come. Right. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Well, Bobby C, it's been a thrill to have you on the show, and I thoroughly appreciate it. Um, thank you for thank you for joining us today. 
Yeah, absolutely. Will you take care of yourself and we will talk soon. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you.